The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing conversation about soccer that may include adult language. Listener discretion is advised. And Wright Phillips trying to get in now on the mistake, took it away from Muller. Wright Phillips elected to cut it back. It falls for Cahill. Yakovich, a hard tackle. Referee says play on. Cahill staying down. Sam on the ball. Sam on Riley. Puts it back. Post Hamid. It's across the line. Or is it lines that has his flag up? It's been given as a goal for New York. It's a good ball for Nick DeLeon. From a ton angle, cuts back to Leon. Again for New York, the pressure is on. The Achilles heel has been teams at the bottom of the standings. What do they have in reserve now late in this first half? Steele dancing around Yakovic. Steele's cross. Chaos header! And New York are right back in the lead. Sagaya trying to shepherd off Dan Rosario. Gets on the end of it. And that was, that was play on from the referee. That would have counted. The guy has stayed down. Mike Pecky is furious. Marcus Hall would have let that go had they already been able to turn it on frame. Just in front of me, sent to the full. It's a red card. Ibrahim Sagaya has been sent off, and in fact, it's going to be a penalty kick. That was what Guzman was pointing for. Sagaya shown red. Penalty kick, DC United. One of the best goal scorers in league history. Do it once more for his team and drag them back to a 2-2 draw. Saved by Robles. Doyle's follow-up. Swing and a miss. Kamara clears the top of the box. Henri sends it out. Welcome to the Red Bull Rant. I'm Jason I. Pico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 73, Lloyd Samalama Ding Dong. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the Red Bulls finally won a game, huh? Imagine that. Yeah. I was there. So was I. I was there, too. Uh just gotta say, Red Bulls are undefeated when I am at Red Bull Arena. Just you're lu- you're yeah. a lucky son of a bitch. I am not, not so lucky on the road though, but that's yeah. Uh, so obviously, like I just said, the Red Bulls won two nothing victory over the hated DC United. Um, honestly, probably should have been a lot better than two one, but at least they got the win, so at least give them that. Um, let's start with our dislikes. So we can end this one on a good note for once. Pat, what did you dislike about this match? Uh, my dislike was, uh, I haven't said I'm going to steal your thunder, but uh, my dislike is the fact that there was no card on that injury to uh, Tim Cahill. I mean, this is the second fucking time in the past uh, month or so where Tim Cahill has been taken out by a brutal studs-up tackle, and nothing has happened afterwards. Uh it was at the very least a yellow card. I mean, at the very least a foul. Uh, if you wanted to call advantage, fine. We got the goal. It worked out. Uh, should have been a yellow card. Now we lost ours. We may very well be our best player of the season for three to four weeks, and uh, it really is a travesty. So uh, that is my dislike of the game. Yeah, it, yeah, it's funny how somehow he can card a guy later on in the game after a you know a play on advantage, but a, mm-hmm. a worse foul? No, nothing, nothing at all. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't get that at all. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, since you're covering the officiating, which I'm sure one of us was going to, I'm going to cover the fact that Ben Olsen is an enormous douchebag. 
And after the Red Bulls put the ball out of bounds during an injury, I think Dave Rosario was pretending that he got uh, slashed with a sword in the face, you know, towards in the, fi- the waning minutes of the game. What does D.C. United do? Do they throw the ball back to New York? Nope, they throw it right back in and try to take advantage of it. And man, oh man, did Mike Pecky give Olsen an earful after that. Oh, it was fantastic. But, I mean, that is just classic D.C. douchebaggery. Yeah. Mm. Both of you touched, like, the two things I had planned, so thank you for that. <laughs> Welcome. Um, so I guess I have to do... I, I, I got to talk about one thing that wasn't mentioned. Um, the Sagaya foul... And I, I say foul in air quotes because I don't see how a player who is being dragged down by the offensive player caused a foul. Honestly, I just yeah, my, it, my it own a bit personal foul. view. It, but it, if anything, you could probably call on both guys. You could, yeah. Yeah. but it, but it was, from the replay, it was very clear that Dero was the one that started the action that pulled Sagai to the ground, and he eventually pulled himself to the ground. I mean, yeah, uh, maybe he didn't see the angle on it. I don't know, but that. Ugh. It was a very, very, very poorly officiated game. Yet again. Yes, I, it was. We, we have to talk about this almost week after week after week, and it's ridiculous. There was at least two fouls, at least in my opinion, that were clear penalty kicks for Red Bulls. One, obviously, was the Cahill um, debacle. Cause, and first of all, give credit for Cahill for, once again, getting hurt early in the game and then still staying in to tough it out. I mean, great. Yeah. it probably wasn't the smartest thing to do in terms of his health, but just give the guy props for caring that much about the team that he's willing to put his body on the line like that. Um, he's a, he's a living up to the words he delivered when he first signed last year that he'd run through brick walls. I mean, if anyone doubts that now, and just go home. Oh, yeah. Un- unfortunately, um, all of the brick walls are the feet of opponents as they crash them right into his you know, <laughs> shins. It sounds like uh, yeah, he probably handled brick walls. I mean, but it sounds hmm. tackles. They're a little more yeah, deadly. Not so much. <laughs> And the other foul was, I, I don't remember when in the game, I don't remember the second half, was Henri got pulled in the box, and I thought it was pretty obvious that he got impeded, and that should have been worth a penalty kick, but what the fuck do I know? Apparently I'm not a referee, so. No. <laughs> uh, it, I was going to think of another, another thing I hate about this game, but the refereeing is, again, just that bad, that it's just, it, it's clouded my vision of anything else that was terrible in this game. Yeah, it was. So. It's it was. Pico with his referee television. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, hold on. Hold on, a, a little nitpicky thing, just so it's not all about the referees. While outside in the parking lot, it was okay. Inside the stadium, the humidity kind of killed. But other than that, ugh. Mother Nature, you asshole. Well, listen, in the sta- in, outside in the parking lot was fine, because you, you had plenty of wind, so it kind of took away from the humidity. But as soon as you got in the stadium, and it might have been partly where I was sitting, because the row I was in was directly beneath the scoreboard that rings this, you know, the bottom of the second level. So there's probably just hot air from that, and it stopped whatever breeze there was from hitting me. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. One more thing. Uh, two rows in front of me, there was a guy who stood up any time the ball was in the corner, the, the far corner, next to the south ward. I understand why he did it, but sit the fuck down. Everybody else is sitting. <laughs> All you're doing is making everybody else stand. And, and if there's going to be such a problem, don't fucking sit there. See, that's, <sighs> that's the advantage of the south ward is everyone's standing anyway. So you don't even have to worry about getting yeah. up, getting down, getting up, getting down. True. Get up and get, get, get down. Mm. <laughs> Feeling funky tonight. Yeah. Well, honestly, that guy was big enough he could have used the exercise anyway, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Jay, um, you should have pulled, you, you pulled out your inner, Go, 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 go. <laughs> that's from last year. You're like, I want to stand up on there too. Go, 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 go. <laughs> you guys have seen that video, right? Apparently, you've seen it way too much. If you've not seen that video, you need to look it up from last year, where a guy stand the entire game. 
And another guy asked him to sit down, and he just starts yelling. I'm like, oh, really? Well, I don't have to be quiet the whole game. He just starts screaming in the guy's ear and goes, go, 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 go. It's hysterical. It's a, it's a battle of two immature wits. It's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's turn our attention to what we liked the most about this game. So, Pat, what, what was it that you liked aside from the win? You know of course. Besides, Chad Sack went and brought three newbies, which is pretty awesome, and they're both they all want to come back again, which is great. We're building that baby fan base. Yay! Anyway, uh, my my uh, honestly, God, my my like of this game besides the win, besides robots, besides all the good stuff, was Mike Pecky. As a rookie coach showing more balls than Hans Baca ever did. And Hans Baca is the only other coach I've been a fan for, so why it's my only comparison. But, uh, it took, it really took a lot of balls to bench Jerry Henry, uh, despite everything. I mean, you can deny it was because of the fight, but everybody knows it was because of the fight. And he has to exert his authority, um, and, you know, Henry has to know he's not through the team. And, uh, look, the fact is, Henry came out and he was in impact on that game. You know, he understands. So, hats off to uh, Mike Pecky. He was a master stroke of asserting your authority. And, uh, of course, if, you know, if we lost, people would be called for heck. But at the same time, since we won it, uh, it was a great move. Yeah, I mean, it almost paid off moments into him checking in. I mean, he was inches away from scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, he won't be able to do that this week. I mean, he's going to have to start, you know, now. Oh, yes, yeah. It's in Cahill. And, yeah, so. he has to now. Uh, my like is. It's, I'm getting the feeling that every time there's a penalty kick, Lewis Robles has a better chance of saving it than letting it go in. Yeah. You know, and it's hard <laughs> to get that feeling with keepers, because usually goal kicks are, are uh, penalty kicks are almost automatic. But he does so well at reading the plays and not, I mean, not the greatest of all penalty kicks taken by Dero, but still, I, I, I just, sometimes I just feel really confident. I'm like, you know, he's gonna get it. He's gonna get it. And he made just a, a flat out great save. He made a bunch of great saves in that game and, Ryan Mara, I don't, I don't know when he's ever going to play at this point. Yeah, and it sucks because I really, really like Ryan Mara too. But yeah, yeah, no I, chance I, him, no chance of yeah. playing. Yep, all the fans do. He's a, he's a, great, he's a great player himself. But you just can't, you can't bench Robles at this point. No, you can't. Yeah, like I said that. Uh, this is going to be a, a small like, but that penalty, that uh, penalty call and the save by Robles that woke up the stadium. I mean, for the good part of the second half, this, that stadium, except for you know a few moments of. Uh, Southward Brilliance was pretty dead, and that that you know just woke everybody up. Like it's hard. I, I want to say it was electric, but not necessarily. Eh. It's hard. It's hard to say. But basically, you know, there were seventeen thousand people there, uh, reported seventeen thousand anyway. God knows if that's what the actual attendance is. But they were pretty quiet for the most part. I think even like the Let's Go Red Bulls chants weren't doing that well. But that place just erupted when Robles made that save. And honestly, I at that point, I think this is. Really? I was gonna say I disagree. I hopped, I was so hopped up on blue sangria from Brasilia, I was being very loud, pissing off everybody well. around me. <laughs> All right. Well, the rest of the stadium, except for Pat, erupted at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Pat was already erupting. Um. <laughs> uh, um. And hey, hey, shame on shame on uh, the fans for not having more people show up to a Saturday night nationally televised game in front of your biggest rival. Shame, shame. I yeah. Pat and I, I did our part. We, Pat brought. People that hadn't been before. I bought people that hadn't been before. We did our part. Although I will say that honorable mentions the people in the midfield seats because I usually can sneak into tremendous seats 
in the second half, and uh, it was a little harder to find seats this time. So at least kudos to the midfield people showing up. <laughs> yeah, I, I was still disappointed because I could still see parts of the logo, but I mean, at, at this point, I'll take what I can get. So well, there's only one point um, I could find uh, four seats together. That was the thing. So, and then my my real like is the fact that I somehow convinced my wife and twelve relatives to show up to a soccer game when none of them had ever been before. <laughs> The fact that I was able to convince all that, that that number of people, that's my that's why I like the game. I'm telling you, it just takes one trip. It takes one trip to a game to get people hooked. Oh yeah. I mean my like my, my uncle came with me and he actually him and I actually went into the South Ward for maybe twenty minutes. Although honestly, we made the mistake of uh this the, the area we were sitting in, the, the the chanting didn't kinda work out right because I mean it happens from time to time, so it's not anything, you know, bad, but some people just can't hear what's going on, so they're not doing anything and then those, some people that don't hear anything want to do their own thing, and like I said, it just happens. So it's not a critique of the South Ward, but it's just I, I wish that if I brought him in at the beginning of the game, because at least that way it's you know everybody was kind of focused on it. It would be the same chant. He would be able to get into it a little bit more. But anyway, um, so for predictions, um, I had called this one as a two nothing victory, Pat three nothing victory, Truman four nothing victory. Listen, I blame Tim uh, Cahill P- coming out of the game. Word. <laughs> Oh, that in, that in DC uh, being offsides and scoring a goal—that too. Yeah, that's true. I would be totally um, right. Pete called it a two nothing win. Kevin a one one draw. So I've, except for Kevin, all of us got it right. So now it's Truman, Pete, and Pat tied for first with eighteen points. I am in a close. I am following up right behind you guys with seventeen points. Zach with fifteen. Kevin with eight. And Craig all the way back at two. Still, <laughs> never changing. Never. Um, no, never. Uh, so for the fantasy stuff. Uh, I dropped down to ninth. Truman's still in 16th. Pat's still in tw- uh, 21st. Has not broken 1,000 yet, though. But you should uh, you should be able to this weekend. You're only 13 points away. If you don't break it this weekend, that's going to be really disappointing. And you know what sucks is that during this show, when you bring it up, is the only time I remember to check my team. And I don't <laughs> and have I, my computer in front of me right now. <laughs> I don't have my computer in front of me. Do, do I need to like remind you when we can? No, actually... I don't care that much. <laughs> All right. Um, before we take a break, we had one piece of listener mail. It's long, it from, which is a big problem. It's, yeah, it's, it's from Ben Mott, and he says, Hey, Red Bull rocks. Woo-hoo! That's what I'm talking about. Right to the point. That might be the best email we've ever gotten. I think it is. <laughs> we don't even have to discuss very, it because that's how good that was. No. Very succinct. That's what it is. All right. We're going to take a uh, quick break. When we come back, we're going to have more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. We want to thank, uh, welcome onto the show Stephen Estep from Dynamo Theory, uh, the SB uh, Nation blog. You can follow him on Twitter at, and of course I forget the name already, the right, Twitter Stan handle. Bull. At least, thank you. I, at least I didn't mispronounce it. I just forgot it. You almost got through the intro, Jay. Almost. Hey, at least I got the name right. It's a step up from last week. Okay. All right, um, so Stephen, obviously, welcome, welcome to the show. Um, Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Um, uh, hey, here's so here's my first. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, let me just throw out a first quick question for him. Um, why why are our teams losing in Columbus? You know, I don't know. This is the <laughs> this is the most depressing result of the season. For I, the five zero loss in Montreal was was bad, but 
I mean, Columbus. I'm sorry, crew fans, if there's any of you listening, but I mean, I just, I'm telling you, I, I uh, was tweeting the game for uh, Dynamo Theory's Twitter, and I was, I didn't have much to say by by the time it was, you know, two zero. I, I didn't even want to be there anymore. <laughs> oh God, killing us, killing us. It's Columbus, and they didn't even, they didn't even have their best player. So I don't know. So at least I had some fun making fun of Oduro. So that's what we do in Houston. And at, at, what was it for the thanks that he gets? He gets fired. The the coach gets fired too. Was it? Yeah. I forget it was before or after the game, but I mean, <laughs> come on, that's just. Um, so speaking of you know the bad result, uh, Houston obviously hasn't been doing that well as of late. Um, is there anything you can kind of point to as you know why they aren't getting results? And is it, if do you think they're going to get out of it? sometime in the near future um two things uh defensive mistakes and poor finishing i think it's the most basic of uh of uh you know any type of uh soccer um you know if you if you make stupid mistakes in the defense somebody's gonna make you pay and uh if you're if you're uh two guys up front or or you know however many forwards you have can't uh can't find the back of the net you're not gonna win so snap out of it i i I think they will you know eight games left five uh five of them are at home i think uh you know, BBVA Compass Stadium is is a tough place for other teams to get a result in, and the team has proved year over year. And I hope this isn't the first year that they uh, that they that they uh, prove against this. But I uh, they've got they've got good results there, and they always prove to kind of make a run at the end of the year. So I'm hoping they uh, they can they can do that again. It seems like the Red Bulls and the Dynamo are kind of in the same spot where they're not getting results that they expect. And we're talking about a Houston Dynamo team who's been in the finals two years in a row. And this year, it's just, it seems very uneven. Uh, do you see that going on as well? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, a lot of a lot of people tag the Dynamo to be, you know, a contender again this year with some of their offseason moves. And, um, you know, it puts a little bit of pressure on the team. But, I mean, to be honest with you, I think Dynamo fans uh, are kind of used to to this type of performance where we're kind of on the edge, you know, last, last season we, we snuck in in the fifth playoff spot and uh, you know, we, we got some good road road results um, or we got a good road result in Chicago to, uh, to advance and then, you know, played, uh, played sporting Kansas city out of the, out of the uh, playoffs. So, you know, it doesn't really surprise me that the Dynamo are kind of, you know, right on the fringe again, because we're kind of used to it. I think for New York, it's a little bit different. There's a little bit more pressure uh, with the, uh, you know, with the, the players that, that you guys are able to bring in and, and, um, and and I think you know New York uh, tends to be held to a higher standard. But you know in Houston we kind of panic. We week after week we're going to panic until the end of the year. But you know the Dynamo usually find a way to sneak in to the playoffs. And and I kind of see that you know I kind of see that being uh, you know being something that happens again this year. This is uh, what year one one and a half of BBVA Compass Stadium, correct? Yep, that's correct. This is the first full season. How uh, you know we're we're Red Bulls fans, and I went to many many a game at Giant Stadium, and it was just completely god awful. It's just it was a terrible experience. Um, Red Bull Arena, you know, it really really turned the whole franchise around. It's a great place. You know, it's a great environment. How big for you guys as fans, as hardcore fans, to move into your own stadium? And, and probably, I mean, I would say I've never been there, but definitely one of the best stadiums in the league. Yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, Robertson Stadium was, a, you know, University of Houston College Football Stadium, and it was just a, it was a dump, to be honest with you. And, and in fact, it doesn't even exist anymore. It was, it was torn down this year, and, and they're getting, they're building a new stadium for the, for the U of H football team. So, um, you know, I have a lot of good memories at Robertson. Don't get me wrong. 
as a as a season ticket holder since the inaugural year. But um, the um, you know the the team deserved this type of stadium. I think they moved to Houston, you know, they left San Jose because there was hope to uh, you know to further you know to build a stadium and to uh, to build a little bit stronger roots in the city. So. I think uh, the stadium really just encompassed all the success that Houston, you know, took over from San Jose and, and brought into Houston. And, uh, the, I mean, the the stadium is, is incredible. It's it's a great place to be. I've, I've visited a few other MLS stadiums, not not a whole lot, but um, I think it's – I think for what, what we've built here in Houston, it's one of the nicest stadiums. And, you know, you know I don't know what, what it is, the heat or, or the fans or what it is, but it's it's a tough place to uh, – a tough place – to, to beat the Dynamo in. And I think, you know, even Robertson was like that, but this is uh this is a nice reward for the players who have done really well and, and the ownership and um and the front office and, and I think I think the, the stadium really um is a big part of uh, their success and it's gonna be even bigger as as the years go on. I think that's the whole thing with Robertson Stadium too for visiting teams. It was just such a dreadful place to go to, but no one wanted to be there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody wanted to leave the visitor locker room. So by the time they got out there they were they were demotivated. So yeah, you might be right on that. I, I was thinking the same thing when you watch the San Jose games and they play, you know, they play at a college field. And from what I heard, the, like when you do radio and TV broadcasts, you are stuck in what looks like closets in there. Just another, I mean, yuck, yuck place to play. Yeah, I guess there's just nothing like having your own stadium. And, and I guess there's just this mental thing about it being specific to your sport and, uh, and your team. And, you know, the Dynamo, you know, I took, I took like a tour of Robertson Stadium before and, and their locker room was, you know, painted like some orange. It had some pictures on the wall, but you could just tell that it was, uh, that they were a tenant, not a, uh, not their stadium. So, and, you know, BBVA is completely different. And I, I think there's, there's a mental aspect to that. I think it probably affects the players as much as, if not more than it does the fans. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's just a huge boost and it's got a, you know, great view of the city. It's in the city, which is always nice, which can't be said for like, I don't know, the, the union. You can't even see Philly from the top. Yeah, it's got a beautiful view of, of downtown Houston on, on, you know, one side you can see a beautiful skyline and, um, you know, there's not a lot of downtown, uh, stadiums, I think in MLS. So, you know, that kind of just adds to the, uh, to the environment, you know, for that, for that stadium and, and the Dynamo games. I think it's a big plus. So bias aside, being a Dynamo fan, uh, rank, Rank your stadiums. What's number one and what's um, – well, let's not count basketball. Uh, one, one, two, and three. What do you think? Uh, like across sports? Yeah, for, for your three – the three major sports. Your three major sports. Um, you know, man, do your guests nor- – are they normally pretty biased? Because I love Reliant Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, been to a few Texans games. I've been to more Mexican national team games at Reliant than anything else. Um, and I, I tell you, that, that stadium packed full of soccer fans is incredible. Um, Yankee Stadium? I'm actually a uh, a lifelong Yankee fan, and uh, I got to go with the old. I've been to both stadiums, but you know, I went to the old the old stadium my final uh, or the final year that it existed. So I uh, thought that was pretty cool. And um, I don't know, I don't know what a third stadium would be. I mean, um, I, I love, I really do have uh, you know have a special place for BBVA just because you know I, I was I have been a you know season ticket holder since day one, and, and I've seen the ground roots, uh, the grassroots um, you know movement of fans and and. The where's our stadium chance and a few of the rallies in front of city hall and things like that so i think this stadium is real special to me because i've kind of seen it grow from the beginning um so before we get into, let's, into this <laughs> i have one more question before we get into this weekend's match um it's time to have champions league you guys have been in a couple of times hearing it now yep do houston do houston fans care about the champions league or do they care more about winning mls you know you know i care more about the CONCACAF Champions League, but I think that stems from me being a, a very, very um, strong follower of the Mexican, um, you know, first division. 
fans. I think it's more about MLS. You know, I think social media sometimes they talk about both, and and you know they they um, they say how important it is to win an international championship. But when you when you look at the attendance and things like that, it's we struggle to fill the stadium for some of the smaller teams. And I think you know that's kind of a statement in its own. Um, the general consensus. I mean, don't get me wrong. We we have great attendance. I think uh, compared to some other teams for Concacaf Champions League games. But um, I I would like to see a little bit more focus um, around those games. And I but I think it also comes from you know the the fans not really wanting to see reserves and things like that. But of course you know that's the team's got to do what they got to do to to compete in both uh, both tournaments. But um, I, I would I would say that out of the MLS teams, I think we have some of the better support, but definitely not the best support for those international competitions. So, uh, for this weekend coming up, obviously, you know, the reason we had you on is because Houston's playing New York. Um, before you get into kind of a prediction, is there any player on the Dynamo team that you think is maybe the most overlooked player? You know, like like the best player that Rebels fans may not know about? Um, you know, I think everybody's pretty much, everybody's pretty much been pegged for, um, you know, for you know, for respectively to their position and and their uh, their capabilities at this point in the season. I think we had you know Andrew Driver, which I think was a solid pickup for Houston in the off season. I think he was kind of flew under the radar, but most most fans and most teams know about him already. Um, Bonilla Garcia, you know, is our our first designated player. You know, we signed last year. He's had kind of a quiet season, but I, I think everybody knows about his abilities, and that's part of the reason why he's he's had a little bit quieter of a season this uh, this year. So I don't I don't think anybody really is a secret. Um, you know, ultimately, I I think Houston has a few players that have struggled, and I think some of those players that have struggled, if uh, if the Red Bulls take their eye off those players, you know, somebody like Will Bruin and Giles Barnes, who have both struggled to score goals, if they take their eyes off them for a split second, I think they could suddenly get their confidence back. So I think that's, you know, New York kind of has to worry about some of the players who have, who have struggled through the season and are are desperately trying to get that confidence back and are desperately trying to get Houston back on the right side of the result. So um, no surprise players, I think, in this case, just um, – just a few players that are really, really dying to, to get on the scoreboard Sunday. Well, so let's let's talk about Sunday. Uh, you got a Red Bull team who's not really been playing well of late. They got a very a closer than it should have been win against DC. You guys are coming off a very tough loss, and no one knows why anyone loses there at Columbus. Um, what what is the result you're expecting to see come Sunday? I think Houston, you know, at this point of the game, they're they're they've, they're below the red line in the East now, so they're they're you know they're struggling to keep up with everybody. They lost one of their games in hands uh, game in hand on uh, on Wednesday against the crew. And I think they expect nothing less than a win, and I think fans expect nothing less than a win as well. So it's going to be a tough game for New York coming into Houston. Obviously, I'm sure they'd be happy with a draw in this in this particular um, this particular matchup. But Houston's uh, Houston's got a win, so I, I think they will do that. I think uh, the forwards were, will play a little bit better and finish a little bit better than they did against. Uh, hopefully against uh, Columbus. And uh, I think Houston will come out on top, but it's not going to be a huge difference. Uh, 2-1 maybe. Um, 3-2 could be a high-scoring game, but I I think it'll be a one-goal difference. Uh, The U.S. national team game is tomorrow uh, in Costa Rica. Uh, You got any thoughts on uh, how they might do against uh, the the U.S. team? I think um, right now they're they're rolling. I think uh, Costa Rica, I know it's going to be a tough match, um, a tough away match, but I think uh, right now the U.S. is uh, is doing everything right, so I, I think I, I think they're going to get another they're going to get a win tomorrow. And I, I know that depending on the other results, they could clinch a uh, you know a spot. I mean they're they're going to make the, the World Cup regardless, but I think tomorrow they can clinch a spot depending on the other two results. But uh, I, I definitely think. Uh, 
I definitely think it's uh, it's it's going to be a good game, and, and um, I expect the U.S. to come out on top. Wow, you guys are maniacs, maniacs! I said. <laughs> so uh, we always close out every segment with a little little thing called top three. Uh, question: Top three. Now we're going to get a little nuts here because we know. Let's face it, the Houston Dynamo, probably the best team in your city. Let's face it, the Houston Rockets have not been relevant <laughs> since the mid-90s. So I'm going to ask you, what are your top three non-Dynamo Houston sports moments? Wow. Um, I think last season's, uh, last season's Texans performance, I think the entire season was just exciting. Um, obviously made everybody... Uh, Want want more, and I think uh, this season we're we're expecting more. I think that's got that's got to rank up there. The Houston Astros World Series run, not necessarily the World Series, because they were swept out of it. They're probably the sorriest team in baseball at this point, and I'm almost embarrassed to mention their name on something that's being recorded. But I can remember I can remember um, being there uh, for a lot of the games uh, downtown. They showed some of the games on a on the side of a building and, and invited the entire city out close streets off etc it was kind of a it's just kind of a big huge party and i was a little bit young uh for the rockets championships but uh, clutch city i think the rockets are a little bit uh distant from those uh those championships but uh clutch city still you know is, is the the biggest term used for rockets uh, you know amongst houstonians i think so i think uh i think those three you know those three are definitely uh, definitely got to be the top three moments uh, for me, at least. As a Knicks fan, you don't know how much it pains me when I think about that that '94 series. It just it pains me to no end because John Starks could not hit the broadside of a barn in that last game. He just couldn't hit anything. Well, let, let me let, let me let you feel a little bit better because I'm not actually much of a Rockets fan. I've uh, I've always been kind of a lifelong Miami Heat fan. In fact, Alonzo Mourning was my favorite basketball player, and from the moment he was drafted to the moment he retired. So the Knicks are pretty much, you know. They they kind of they used to have Miami's number, so they they had some good runs in them, some good years in them back uh, back in the day. My favorite moment, of course, is Jeff Van Gundy hanging onto the bottom of Alonzo Mourning's foot and dragging him all around the court. <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> after neither player could actually connect, so or uh, LJ could connect on a punch. It was the no. worst punch in the history of the NBA, but Van Gundy made it one of the one of the funniest at that moment. No, it was a classic, classic moment. Absolutely. All right. Well, Stephen, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Um, if you want to follow Stephen, uh, he writes for the SP Nation blog, Dynamo Theory, and on Twitter, his handle is, and God, why the hell do I keep forgetting? Uh, Orange fan. Uh, at, yeah. Wow. This is what going to do from now He's going to say, promote yourself. <laughs> at least you don't have to re-pronounce my last name again at the end of it, uh, at the end of it all, because you might, you might remember to. 20 minutes later. So. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I actually wrote it down this time, so I, I, I can get it right. Awesome. Uh, but, so, uh, Steve, thanks for coming on. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll have more Red Bull rants right after this. Put on your fun shoes. Fun made the front page news. Put on the party pants. The time has come for us to make a stand. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. Once again, I want to thank Stephen for coming on. You can follow him on the SB Nation blog, Dynamo Theory, and you can also follow him on Twitter at OrangeFanBlog. All right, so before we get to the upcoming uh, New York match, we're going to talk about uh, the United States. Uh, obviously, as most people know from this, or 
most people that are listening to this would know. Uh, U.S. is facing Costa Rica tomorrow, uh, 10 o'clock uh, Eastern Time uh, on BN Sport uh, for a World Cup qualifying match. Uh, they can qualify tomorrow, but it would take some special results from the other games, so most likely it won't happen tomorrow. Um, <coughs> Pat, I know I, I know you, you have something loaded for this, so why don't you go ahead and, and take it away? Well, before we get into the game itself, uh, let's talk about Costa Rica and their gamesmanship being a bunch of bitches. I mean, <laughs> like for one thing, I really think any of that crap is really going to fade the U.S. or really have any real effect on them. It's just ridiculous. On top of that, it's just, it's just petty. I mean, and, you know, on soccer bias, they, they had a... Uh, uh, where, you know, uh, Jurgen Clinton said, I didn't ask God for snow in, uh, back in uh, March in Denver, a game that I happen to be at. And it, it's just it's ridiculous what they're doing. And the fact that they're not giving them game balls for uh, practice, which they're required to by FIFA, although I think that requirement only is for the day before, which would be tomorrow. Uh, the fact that nobody would put them up so they could train. Uh, you know, the fact that the fans waited at the airport to give them the finger. I mean, it's just like, come on. It's like, grow up, Costa Rica. It's not back in the way for a bunch of children. Go fuck yourself, Costa Rica. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> it's pretty much like, it's essentially, this is why you're a second-rate country in North America. <laughs> it's just chaos over there. Are they, are they done ranting? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm done. Well, here's here's my issue with the whole thing. Didn't they agree to keep playing in that game? Yeah, they didn't care until yeah, they lost. Right, exactly. They're like, no, no, we'll play. We're going to continue to play. No problem. Yeah, and then they fu- and then they fucking bitched afterwards. You know, different yeah. story if they bitched the entire time, but they didn't. They they said we'll keep playing, okay. or you know, protested exactly. the correct uh-huh. way, which they couldn't. Right. Couldn't, couldn't even follow proper protocol. What do you expect? It's fucking Costa Rica. Yeah. Deal with it. Except for Roy Miller when he plays with us. Yeah, yeah well, hey, they, they have no Roy Miller this week. That's right. I forgot about that. No Roy Miller. Yeah, we properly injured him. Although, though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you to have us, him yeah. smash. That was our strategy, so, getting but, back. Let him get injured. Before before we get into the game, let me just say, as bad as the injuries are for Cahill and Miller, just because it keeps them out of these uh, qualifiers, at least they're not traveling to play these qualifiers and possibly getting hurt for a longer period of time. So at least there's that. Right. Yeah. So silver lining. But uh, so let's let's get into the actual um our actual predictions for this game. So Pat, you're up first. Um, if for those who don't know, this is uh. Costa Rica is one of the last places that the U.S. has not won in local qualifying. So it is going to be a tough game no matter what. Uh, Costa Rica is probably one of the better teams in CONCACAF after Mexico, after U.S. In fact, they're in second place right now in the hexagonal. Uh, so as good as the U.S. is playing right now, I'm a little wary, especially with the injury to Josie Otto. don't know if he's going to play. Um, I, I'm a little wary. I don't, I don't like, or I shouldn't say I don't like, I don't love the U.S. chances. I do think the win streak is going to come down. I do think the U.S. is going to drop two games, um, predicting a 2-1 loss uh, for the United States. I think by some crazy act of soccer god, they're actually going to get a point out of here. I think they're going to take all that motivation of being treated like shit <laughs> and, and, tr- and try to get a result. And, I mean, they're, yeah, I, I agree with you. They're not going to be as hot as they were, and a little extended break, you know, from playing's definitely going to be a part of that. But I really think they can draw, and I'm going to say uh, nice and simple one-one draw. Uh, I'm going to go, you know, oh, do I have it? I'm going to go apparently totally crazy with this. 
Oh because no! I think, uh oh! Uh oh! <laughs> Here we go. I think I think it's Yergi time. <laughs> See what I did there? It's Yergi time in Costa Rica. <laughs> First win in Costa Rica. Keep the winning streak going. At least for one more game. And not only is it going to be a victory, it's going to be a 2 nothing victory. You are a Boom. mad, mad, mad man. For what it's worth, I mean, Yergi is the coach of uh, of uh, U.S. first, that's for sure. So, crazy things certainly have happened. So, Pat, what, what, those sirens, did you already send people to come get me to put me in the He did. He sent the crazy police right after you. The crazy police are coming. It's, it's it's a mad night in New Providence, New Jersey. But the heat just makes people go crazy. New Providence, go Pioneers. You know it. Uh, all right, so the other game this weekend uh, on Sunday, uh, 5 o'clock with, uh, on Unimas and MSG. And the reason I know it's on Unimas isn't because of the New York Red Bull site. It's because of MLSsoccer.com. See, Red Bulls, they know how to properly label TV games. Um, Mas. <laughs> So I have to find a way around the region block or a totally legal way to watch the game. Um, so predictions for the show. I mean, for the show. <laughs> wow. It's going to be uh, awesome. Predictions That's a for, prediction this. for the show. It's going to fucking rule. <laughs> the show always fucking rules. What are you talking about? It's not a prediction. That's a guarantee. Um, <laughs> so predictions uh, for the game. What do you guys gonna, What do you think is going to happen in Houston? As much as I would love to see them get a point out of here. You just get that bad feeling that without 10K Hill, with disgruntled Thierry Henry and a nearly impossible place to play in Houston, that it's it's not going to happen. Uh, it's it you know no no Roy Miller. I don't know. I don't I don't see them really getting a point out of here. Um, I think they'll keep it respectable, and I'm going to say a one nothing loss. Uh, I'm actually going to disagree. I, I think uh, I know last week I believe like when we did the win loss win loss tie. Uh, I think I said you get a tie for this one. Uh, I'm actually going to say I think the Rebels can pull out a win here. Uh, Houston has not been playing well. In fact, they lo- so Houston had a midway midweek game. They lost to Columbus. I mean, the Columbus team had just fired their coach. Um, so I- I'm not I'm not all on sold that uh, Houston is a uh, you know a-, a scary team at the moment. I think the Rebels can actually go down to uh, to uh, one of the Dynamo Field or whatever the hell they call it these days and DVC uh, DVNC right. The DVDA field, yeah. Yeah. BVA, there you go. Um, I think they can get on BVA and actually get the win. So, uh, I, I think Lloyd Sam is going to start. I think, you know, Bradley Wright Phillips looks great right now. Uh, I'm going to go for the win. I'm going to say one nothing win for Rebel. Uh, I'm actually in the same boat as Pat on this one. I think you have a very a struggling Houston team. You have a Red Bulls team that, granted, they won't have Cahill, but, um, especially with Lloyd Sam performing well against DC. Uh, right, Phelps performing fairly well. The rest of the team actually, you know, did a, a decent job. They just, they just couldn't put away chances for whatever reason last week. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna think go with a one nothing victory. They'll do enough to win, but not enough to actually to blow Houston out of the water. Um, so there you have it. But not, this isn't part of my prediction, but let me just say to the people that are scheduling MLS games, what the fuck are you thinking? Putting any game up against the NFL opening weekend? Nobody knows. I mean, uh, and what's more baffling is in a few weeks, New York's going to go to Seattle and play Seattle on a Sunday night against a Sunday night football game. Seriously, who, who's scheduling these games that they don't think about this? I mean, it's not like it's not known when the NFL is going to start. They start the first weekend after Labor Day. That's exactly that's every single year. It's what they do. So yeah, come on, pull your head out of your ass, buddy. Do a better job. Oh, shit is really going down. I hear a helicopter. 
Huh, interesting night. They're sending the helicopters for me too. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> who the hell do you call? It's not just a crazy police. Podcast. They know you're nuts. <laughs> Apparently, my tinfoil hat's not doing a good job this week. <laughs> Must have fallen off when they got your signal. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a hole. I just didn't. Oh, oh crap! There it is. Shit! I wonder if they'll read my mind. The, the one get, the, 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 I was just going to say the one advantage for the Red Bull fans is that the Jets play at 1 o'clock and the Giants don't play till 8.30, so there will be that little window to get the game in. Um, I mean, I, I imagine most but Red Bulls fans would watch the game anyway, but for the New York area, at least they got, they'll be the only sport event going on at that time in, you know, in the metropolitan area to watch. But here's the thing. Now I'm going to go into the Red Bulls game saying fuck the Jets and be in a bad mood. That's true. And then, God forbid, <laughs> New York does God forbid the Red Bulls do what the Red Bulls do and blow it, then I'm doubly fucked for the day. It's like, ugh. Well, the good news is is that when they play away games, they usually don't lose to uh, uh, teams that are struggling, like Columbus and Chivas. So you got that going for you. Oh, oh, yeah, wait, they do that. totally struggle and lose? Oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. Can, can we tell the team they're playing in Sporting Kansas City this week? Is that, yes. is that a possibility? <laughs> can we get in there and paint yeah, actually, that, all that orange, just that light blue? Can we just move the game to Sporting Park? Will that, will that do it? All right. So that's all we had for today. Um, is there anything you guys would like to discuss that we hadn't planned on before we wrap this one up? Can I talk about Toronto FC for a moment? Can I? Go for it. Go for it. They really... They they're really terrible. They they are the and I mean terrible because the front office is a mess. They just had their president, you know, step down. Although that's what you get for hiring a DC guy. Plus, you want to talk about a team that gets fucking hosed? Please watch the highlights of the end of the game between Toronto and Philly when I believe it was on a corner. It was a free kick. I think it was a corner. Toronto scores the game-winning goal with with seconds remaining. And some imaginary foul is called. I, I could, you could watch that a highlight 400 times and we know what, you know, bad calls are like. You will never see a foul called. He, the guy scores on a clear header. Everyone's going crazy and the ref blows the whistle and goes, no, no, there's a foul. No, let's, let's get the fuck out of here. You won't see it. I'm telling you. Watch it over and over and over again. So it's not bad enough that your team stinks and your front office is just falling apart and will never, ever, ever get its shit together. I mean, they haven't yet, but then you get totally screwed on the field. So, <laughs> dear God, Toronto fans, I I kind of feel bad for you. I'd feel worse if you didn't throw seats onto the field and you're you know the first time you scored a goal. You know, I I still remember that that little painful memory of them being idiots and throwing stuff at Claudia Arena. But yeah, th- that team is a, a fucking joke. Yeah, I think uh, my final words are uh, one: check out Brasilia in uh, Newark. It is pretty delicious. Uh, but be careful with the blue sangria. It's deceptively strong. And uh, two, uh, shout out to Trinity Hall soccer team, which uh, actually shot some footage on yesterday because I filmed the opening day of their high school, and it being the opening day uh, ever of their high school uh, down in Leonardo, New Jersey. And uh, they're an all, all girls, all freshmen. Uh, they'll be playing freshmen and JV teams uh, for their first season. And uh, their coach is actually friends with uh, former Red Bull, Red Bull coach uh, Richie Williams. So uh, shout out the Trinity Hall girls uh, team. Good luck on your season and future next four seasons or whatever. But nice. Hey, you know, I do have one more thing to add before we wrap this thing up. Uh, Jay, let me ask you a question. Uh-oh. Here we go. Do you, do, do you like wrestling? Yes, I do. Do you like soccer? Oh, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> what if I told you that in one day you could see wrestling and soccer on the same day? What would you think about that? You were fucking crazy. Would, would, I, would you would say, say I'm a madman? Well, let me tell yes, everybody something. Yes, madman's a good one. On October 5th, 
before the Red Bulls game at home against the New England Revolution, the Empire Supporters Club is going to have a wrestling show at El Pastor. And it will be a charity show, and all the money is going to the Mike Jones Foundation. Um, I think most of the listeners know who Mike Jones was. He was a youth coach. He was tragically murdered last year, and... They're going to honor him before the October 5th game. Uh, his family will be there. So we're going to be raising money for his foundation. Uh, you can go to the website. You can read all about it. I think I think it's just MikeJonesFoundation.com. Um, we have all that kind of information online. But it's we, we are going to have an amazing wrestling show. We're going to have stars from Chikara and stars from Jersey Championship Wrestling, Frightmare, Assailant, Tim Don, Stasher Hatfield, just a ton of guys. It's going to be an amazing show. It's going to be 10 bucks, but all children are faux free. So uh, we're going to do doors at 2.30. The bell time's at 3 o'clock. I highly recommend if you're in the area, don't just fucking dick around and tailgate like you can do at every other game. Come out, support an awesome cause, and it's going to be a just an amazing, amazing show. I absolutely guarantee you guys will have a good time. So bam, there it is. Do it. And it's MikeJonesMemorialFund.com. Ah, thank you. There you go. Yes. And I'm going to show up in the boom box and hold up uh, and play Repo Man's theme music. Yes. You <laughs> really loudly for everybody. <laughs> and Jay, if, if you actually come out that day, I think we're going to do a pre-show podcast. What do you think of that? That's like something to think idea. about. Yeah, there you go. It does sound like more a fun idea. More yeah. I have now been guilted into going. Yep, there you go. I'm telling everybody, tell your friends, because you will guarantee, just like going to your first Red Bulls game, you get hooked. You will see this and you will be hooked. You will be roped in and had an amazing time. So, so wait, hold on. Go. If we do this, if we do this pregame podcast, we're going to do this in the ring. Chances are not. <laughs> as fun as that sounds, I'm sure they will actually need to set stuff up. But we'll be near the ring. We will do it near the ring for sure. There's, there's so there's no chance of Red Bull Rant TV, for example, for instance. Well, I, I don't know if we can make that happen. We can try. We, we got oh, it is. I'm hitting Jay with a chair. Yes. I will set a table on fire and put someone through it. Oh, I know I'm not the big show. So, <laughs> there you go. No, no, no. <laughs> if you would like to meet the big show, just find my brother. He looks just like the big show. So, he'll be there. It's good enough. All right. So, on that note, <laughs> um, you can visit our website, redbullrant.wordpress.com. You can email us, redbullrant.gmail.com. You can call us, 973-348-5329 on Skype. Our username is Red Bull Rant. Facebook.com slash Red Bull Rant. Google Plus on Twitter, at Red Bull Rant. At Dr. Stooge, at PMACDA2, at The Truman. You can listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. If you listen to us on iTunes, please be sure to leave us a rating. Let us know what you think about the show. Any last thing to say before we wrap this one up? Well... As much as I don't believe it, I still got to say it. And, uh, and I will say, <laughs> fuck you, Chris Tarifa, we're going to qualify and win. <laughs> so for Pat Truman and myself, this was episode number 73. And this time, not only go Red Bulls, go USA. No peace in Costa Rica. No peace. Late Costa Rica. <laughs> All right, so know the show's over, but as a special treat, since it's the beginning of the NFL season, we are going to take time to make a quick prediction about the NFL season, and we have some prediction from our past guests as well. So I'll I'll lead it off. Uh, I think the Jets 
with zero expectations on them are going to somehow not go undefeated, but they will somehow win the AFC East, destroy the Patriots in the postseason, and fall horribly short in Super Bowl. My prediction is that Jay breaks something by the end of the first quarter of the first Jets game. Uh, Matt Finns is their starting quarterback by uh, week two. Uh, the Giants will be the first team ever to host a Super Bowl, and uh, the first streaker of the year will be uh, next week in Philadelphia, and he'll have quite a super stuff like, across his chest. I predict that the Raiders will forget that they're actually in the NFL, uh, not even show up for the stadium, and every game will be a forfeit every week. I also predict that the Toronto Argonauts will sign Tim Tebow, and through the power of Ted Westerfeld, the Toronto Argonauts will be promoted to the NFL, where then Tim Tebow will be promptly cut the next season. This is Tim Hall, the king of all Red Bull podcasts. You're a soccer podcast, and barely that. No one gives a shit about your NFL opinions. Stay in your goddamn lane. Hey, this is everybody's favorite caller. And my Lions are going 16-0 and going to the Super Bowl, baby. Yeah, right, we fucking suck. All right, this is Steven Estep from Dynamo Theory. My NFL prediction for 2013 is the Texans are going to go undefeated. No matter who gets injured, no matter what happens, they're going to go undefeated, and they're going to go on to win the Super Bowl this year. Mark Fishkin, host, co-host of the Seeing Red podcast with my NFL prediction for 2013. For me, this year is all about redemption. It's all about old men proving themselves on the field of battle. So I'm going with the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning as my Super Bowl champion. Thanks so much for listening, and enjoy the show. Dave Martinez here of EmpireSoccer.com. Brady Quinn will be your NFL MVP, and the Jets go 4-12. and This is Kevin, formerly of Gaffer Soccer, now Red Bull Rams, and my super serious NFL prediction, Jets in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's never going to happen in 20 years. Uh... I don't know what's going to happen, but I know the Jets won't be the worst team, won't be the best team, because we just suck at doing everything right. This is Franco Panizo from MLSsoccer.com and Soccer by Ivis. Uh, th- my NFL prediction for the 2013 season is that the Miami Dolphins will finally make the playoffs and finally win uh, at least one game in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to the Eastern, you know, to, to, to the finals. I'm not to the Eastern Conference Finals. Or, 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 I'm doing soccer now. So, you look, I'm, I'm all messed up in my football. They're going to the AFC Championship. But they will, they will have a good season. They will make the playoffs, and they will win one playoff game. That is my prediction. 